peeps, it's Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. How's everyone doing? It's kind of a glum, icky day outside. The sun is not shining. Yeah, so I'm staying inside today. Well, today we are going to be talking about season four, episode 12. We are halfway done with season four. This episode is entitled Dear Diary, which aired on May 12, 1988. While Henry tries to throw out souvenirs he has collected over the years, Punky tries to read Cherry's diary. Why are you doing this, Punky? You're a little snoop. After it accidentally goes out with the garbage, I'd like to see how that happened. Brandon, did you do something? Did you throw that diary in the trash, boy? Punky and Margo search the dumpster to try and find it. Okay, how did Punky bribe Margo into doing this? Because she had to offer her money or a prized possession or something. Because Margo isn't going to just go willy-nilly. Sure, I'll go into the uh, garbage dump and, and dumpster dive for the uh, diary. <laughs> no. We know Margo, guys. She's all about looks. She's all about keeping her body pristine and not smelling like someone who dives in dumpsters. So we open the episode in Punky's room and Cherry is writing in her diary. Punky is kind of looking at her and just kind of side-eyeing Cherry like, wow, she must have a lot to write in there. Brandon, of course, we see him with his little journal, mini journal propped up on a plastic fire hydrant as he's got a rainbow colored pen in his mouth as he's just kind of writing stuff with I mean he's not writing actual words they're more like doodles so we do get an inner monologue from Punky we haven't gotten one in a bit so she's just kind of in her head that's what she's writing she went to school she came home she had meatloaf it wasn't that great Pretty much your average basic day. Nothing real exciting happened. And she is writing exactly what the meatloaf contained. Onions, celery, green pepper. That sounds gross. I mean, onions, sure, for a little bit of flavor, you mince them up. Yeah, but celery? Ew. And peppers? Yuck. Henry, what are you doing? The girls are sitting on a light blue sleeping bag, which I'm guessing, um, Cherry must be spending the night, so, um, when it comes to writing, you know, journals and diaries, I don't think you'd normally do that when you're sitting next to a person, it's usually, that's something you want your time to yourself, because Punky is already kind of nosing about, she's fishing for information, like, oh, so, uh, you got a lot to write about in there, you're writing the whole week, and... Cherry's like, no, uh, this is just for today. I'm like, wow, a lot of stuff must have happened. I want to play this clip as Punky is, like, sitting cross-legged, and she's kind of inching her body, her top half, leaning forward like she's trying to, like, see. And, of course, Cherry sees this and, you know, presses the diary against, you know, her, her chest. Like, yeah, Punky, what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't need to read what's in here. It's not your bees nos. M-Y-O-B, Punky. M-Y-O-B. Today, I went to school, came home, had meatloaf. 
trying every which way to sneak a peek at Cherry's diary. It's like, Punky, seriously. I mean, she's not even being nonchalant about it. She's like, let me see it. I want to see it. What did you write? Oh, did you write about Jimmy? This boy that she's into that supposedly likes her. Is this the same Jimmy she met at camp, though? He might not be. and I don't think we ever see him again. And we don't um, know who this Jimmy is, just that he goes to school with her. Well, she says, my Jimmy. I, I, I don't know. What do you all think? Do you think that's the same Jimmy from camp? So, Punky can't understand, you know, why, we talk about things, we're best friends, why can't I read your diary? Well, you know what, if she wanted you to read it, she would have handed it over. Some things do need to remain private. You are allowed your privacy, even at age 12. So, the girls finally just agree to just, you know, let's just go to bed then because we're not going to solve this. Punky's still going to be nosy and Jerry's still 
trying to, like, say, just stay out of my diary, all right? Although Punky did manage to snatch the diary out of Cherry's hand and say, oh, what's this about Jimmy? My Jimmy? And she, you hear in the clip, she's like, oh, Jimmy came to me to talk about Punky, and I said, and then by that time, Cherry grabs the diary out of Punky's hand, like, please. And she's like, well, I deserve to know what you wrote, what he said about me, what you said about me. Like, uh, do you? I don't know. So, uh, Cherry's in the sleeping bag, and she kind of sets the diary, like, just by the side of the sleeping bag. So, I mean, if Cherry's asleep, Punky could easily grab the diary and zip off with it. Which, she must do something like that, because the diary ends up lost. Oh, we see one of those, um, the cat clock with the roaming eyeballs and the swinging tail. Oh, that would be cool. Those are really famous type clocks, those cat clocks. And those things, I don't think they're cheap. Granted, if I got one, it would have to be red. Guys, they got one on Amazon for $59.97. Oh, oh, I want it. I want it so bad. Oh, maybe I can ask for it for my birthday, which isn't until August. But, oh, I want it. Oh, here's the original one. The classic black and white with white and red bow tie. Oh, oh they're interchangeable. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it would definitely have to be red. So, of course, what does Punky do? As soon as Cherry's out for the night and she's snoring, Punky gets out of bed. Of course, this is still her flower bed, so when she leans forward, the bed, of course, makes that thunk sound when it hits the, uh, the floor. Because it's a cart. And Punky, of course, has got her head up by her. Like, Crap! That could have waken her up. I'm sorry, but there's no way in heck I would want to be in a sleeping bag on the floor. I remember when Jeremy and I first moved to, um, moved here, and we got an apartment, and I had to, like, stay in the apartment. We didn't have any furniture. We were actually getting furniture from Art Van that was coming that day. That's why I had to stay there. So I was on, it wasn't even a sleeping bag. It was, like, these little mats that kids can tumble on. I got them from Rite Aid. And I was just laying there and I woke up and it's like my body was so sore. It's like that was all that was between me and the hard carpeted floor. <sighs> well, I'll say this thing for Cherry. She, she certainly moves around in her sleep a lot. Punky gets down, grabs the diary, starts to flip through it, and sure enough, Cherry wakes up and she's got her head kind of on her, her hand behind her head, like, yeah, I see you, sneaky snake, yeah. I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, she was going to wake up. There was no way she wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip. that you couldn't really there wasn't any dialogue she just looked at punky and just glared at her like 
can I help you with something? Punky, of course, goes back to bed. We see the cat clock. And then Punky gets out of the bed again. She gets the back of her nightgown, like, stuck on the wheel. Or, no, it's a little pot of uh, flour that's on the side of her bed. Of course, she has to uh, undo that, get that unstuck. And she walks around to behind her bed. And we see that the diary is now in a duffel bag. Punky grabs it, but this time it's connected to, like, a toy, um, a toy chain, like, that would have, like, um, do you remember those My Pet Monster thing, um, stuffed animals that had, like, the, the hand, the wrist handcuff things and then the chain connecting them? Well, this is, like, a, a black toy chain that's connecting it. As Punky was going off with it, of course, this wakes up Cherry, and she's like, put it back, Punky. Seriously, Punky's not getting any sleep, and clearly neither is Cherry, if she keeps having to wake up and out Punky. So, in the next scene, we are in the living room. We see two boxes. One says keep. The other box says throw away. And we see Henry coming through the doorway of the hallway, wearing a hula skirt. Uh, okay. Interesting. So, Henry comes out with the hula skirt, and it's, well, this fake grass skirt, and he's just saying, Brandon, we don't have enough closet space. Basically, it's time to, you know, stop being a hoarder and get rid of stuff. I mean, he lives in an apartment, and that's just his stuff. I mean, I'm sure Punky's got stuff that she's accumulated over the last few years that she'd like to probably part with, or maybe not. I don't know. I'm going to play this clip. I love Henry and Brandon's scenes together. It's just so comical. We're simply running out of closet space, Brandon. <laughs> but the problem is, the older I get, the harder it is to part with the treasures I've accumulated. Our memories, our precious baggage that mortal man doth carry ever. I think Shakespeare said that. Oh, it was Joan Rivers? Look, Brandon, I started my hat collection with this. What do you think? Well, I like it. sentiment. I'm going to get more of my hat. Henry? Right with you. Grab a seat. Get back to the fan one. Henry's got a very extensive hat collection, and I guess the one that he puts on his head, Brandon is not a fan of. He's like, oh, I like it. 
So he goes off to his room to probably, you know, look for more hats and stuff like that. And Betty comes in. Henry shouts, of course, from his bedroom, like, hey, find a seat somewhere. And Betty sits down. She sits on this, like, handheld accordion, which she pulls out from underneath her and says, these things are impossible to play. Well, I don't know. You'd have to be kind of skilled to carry a tune. And she kind of puts it behind the couch. Brandon leaps off the couch and goes around the back of the couch. And I guess he starts playing with it. And Betty makes a joke like, wow, Brandon, those lessons we got you really paid off. So she asks Henry, like, hey, I want to get down to the hardware store. They got a two-for-one sale going on. And Henry comes out. He's got a couple of portraits in his hand. He says, you know, I really can't. I am very busy here, so. So Betty's like, oh, you're really finally parting with all your junk, huh? He's like, oh, yeah, except for my hat collection. I really, he's wearing this hat that's kind of safari-ish kind of straw hat mix. And it's got, like, this um, cheetah print band, cloth band around the brim, it's really, it's nice looking. He said he got that during his first tour of duty in some place. And Betty pulls that hat off and reveals he is wearing another hat that he got in Scotland. It's like one of the uh, type of the hats with the little uh, pompadour on it. And it's in plaid, kind of like something the bagpipe players might play, maybe, wear maybe when they play the bagpipes. And she takes the hat off, and he's wearing a red beret. I want a beret. Um, I decided on that cat clock. I'm not going to get it. I mean, it's cool, but I read a lot of recent reviews saying that the eyes and tail that move, like, they stop working and stuff. And, like, it's, like, 60 freaking dollars. I I'm going to save my money. Of course, he got the beret in France, and she's going to go pull it off. And there's probably, what, a little beanie on underneath it, I bet? Yep, he's wearing a yarmulke that he got from Jerusalem. I can only imagine what's under that. So she's pulled off, what, now four or five hats off his head? Yee. So she pulls the yarmulke off his head, and there's nothing on underneath. So she's like, get rid of these hats. They're just hanging around your house. You're not wearing them, except for this one time. So Betty's like, only a pack rat would save old hats, or as we call them now, hoarders. Uh, they have reality shows dedicated to people that hoard stuff and animals. But I don't think what he has there, he can't even be considered a hoarder, because it's not like filling to the brim of his apartment and everything. It's not like you're wading waist-deep in hats from every part of the country. So Betty picks up this lamp that's uh, kind of got a kind of straw wicker basket um, lamp head to it. And it's got, I'm not sure if those are frogs or what those are, but she's like, you just, this is, why do you still have this? And he's like, oh, I got this from this place. And it's like, yeah, but you got to gradually, like, just keep the stuff you really, really, really want to keep. Um, I remember when um, we had these lamps. They had these really large, like, paper material for um, the lamp part of it. 
And then the rest of the lamp, there's this one that had, like, um, he was, he was, like, an old riverboat sea captain that was carved into the base of the lamp. And he had, you know, he was at the helm of the ship that is basically just the sea captain and one of those wooden wheels and stuff. And I remember the day that it broke because my dad, like, accidentally knocked it off the end table. He's like, you know, I'm happy that that thing's gone. I hated that thing for years. So it might have been my mom's uh, lamp. I'm not sure. But I can find a picture of it in my, I might be able to. I'll post it on uh, in the Instagram and Facebook page so you can see it. So, Punky finally gets up. It's, what, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning or something? So, Henry's like, oh, you're finally up, Punky. And she's like, yeah, I kind of had some issues sleeping. So, Punky asks Betty, like, oh, where's Cherry at? And uh, Betty's like, oh, well, she actually had to go up to the apartment and finish writing something in her journal. Or, I mean, her diary. I'm going to play this clip as Punky is now trying to get information out of Betty for what Cherry is writing in her diary. Oh. Well, it's about time you got up. Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I just had a little trouble getting to sleep last night. Where's Cherry? She went upstairs to finish writing something in her diary. Really? You were not going to know what she's writing about, would you? No, I have no idea. Of course, you do have the right to know. I mean, you are her grandmother and she is under 18. True. But a diary is personal and private. You really believe that? No. But Jerry won't let me read it either. <laughs> so, Punky, what are your plans today? Cherry and I are going to meet Margot at the mall. And then? And then we'll, like, hang out. Oh, I see. <laughs> Betty, how would you like to have a cup of coffee and light hang out? <laughs> Sounds good to me. In fact, I'll give you a couple of uh, donuts, and then you'll really hang out. <laughs> so, Betty pretty much tells Punky, like, you know, she won't even let me read her diary. It's a personal, private thing. And Henry's like, all right, hey, Punky, what do you got going on this uh, today? And Punky's like, oh, well, Cherry and... Margo and I, we're going to go to the mall and, like, hang out. I can't, like, hit that high pitch that she hits. Of course, Henry kind of imitates that to Betty. Like, hey, you want to go to the coffee? You want to have some coffee and a couple donuts and we'll hang out in the kitchen. And now Cherry comes in. And she exactly, she is not happy when she greets Punky, like, you kept me up all night. I lost sleep because you kept trying to snoopy snoop into my diary. Thank you. That I had to go up to my room and finish writing in there. I still don't get why they'd be writing in their diaries while sitting next to each other. That just seems weird. That's something you do when you're by yourself, I would imagine. Why did she bring the diary back with her? She shoves it in her duffel bag. She was upstairs. She could have just left it there. They are really, really just... What's the word I'm looking for? It's like, it's heated. It's like they're really straightforward, sharp, 
words. There's no real happiness there. They're just straight to the point. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. It's like when you're talking to someone, you're irritated with them. You're not yelling at them, but your, your words are really like pointed and sharp. And then they come to a point. It's like if someone says, oh, what'd you do today? Nothing. Oh, wait, um, what are you going to have for dinner? I don't know. Like, stuff like that. Like, the, the responses are, like, really short and clipped. And I want to play this because these girls, Jerry's right to be irritated. And Punky is totally in the wrong here, in my mind. Jimmy, do you think Punky still would have been that interested? I think it, she was interested before Jimmy's name ever came up. So, Punky's like, are you going to take all this stuff with you to the mall? And Cherry's like, well, no, I'm going to run up and, you know, pop it in the apartment. I'll be back down. I just, that way you don't have a chance to look at the diary. And Punky, of course, oh, I'm not going to do that. She's already got it behind her back. And Brandon even barks at her to call her out, like, what are you doing? Like, come on, Punky, seriously? This is going a bit overboard. So, Cherry leaves. Punky pops it in the keep box. So, my guess it's going to get put in the throwaway box. So, Punky and Cherry leave. Henry and Betty are coming out of the kitchen. Betty's like, throw away this junk. Henry, it's worthless. We, you don't need it around. Henry's still wearing that skirt. And he's got probably shorts underneath because you can kind of see his knees. He's not wearing pants, so. Oh, yeah, she's like, okay, starting with that grass skirt. Get that off. You don't need it. And she looks at Henry and says, this is smart. She says, ask yourself this. Do you own your stuff or does your stuff own you? Yeah, that is very smart. Like, forget the sentimental reasons of why you're holding on to some. I mean, some of it is great, I can understand, but not all of it's going to be sentimental. Cherish the memories. Take, take pictures of the stuff. That's a great 
great idea. Take pictures of the stuff that you feel you can part with, but you'll have pictures to remember what they look like. Give these things new life. Give them new owners. Other people will make new memories with these things, Henry. Oh, he decides to get rid of both boxes. Whoops. And he drops that grass skirt on top of the diary so you can't even see it's in there. So is he wearing shorts or are those supposed to be his boxer underwear? I don't know. I don't want to think about it. So Betty and Henry haul away the boxes and Brandon kind of barks like, oh, crap. No! Oh, punky, punky, punky. Brandon's even got a sad expression on his face. Like, oh, no. Punky, you got to send us something again, didn't ya? So in the next scene, Punky and Margo burst into the apartment. Where's Cherry? Even, well, Punky's like, oh my gosh, I got to read Cherry's diary before she gets back. Where is she? Didn't you all go to the mall together? Did you, did you leave her there and expect her to get a bus on her own? But she's, oh, I gotta look at her diary. And even Marco was like, no, that is so dishonest and so deceitful. Why would you do that? But I think Margo, Margo secretly wants to know what's in the diary, too. And I'm going to play this clip. What's the big rush? I've got to read Cherry's diary before she gets back. That's untrustworthy and despicable. You're in it, too. Quick, where is it? I don't know. Where's Cherry? Margo's like, oh, that's deceitful, that's terrible, don't do it. And Punky's like, well, you know, you're actually in the diary, too. From the second I got to, like, take a glance at the page, I saw your name there. And, of course, Margo's like, oh, my gosh, we have to read it now. And that's when Betty and Henry come in through it from the kitchen. And Punky's like, um, where were the boxes that you had on the coffee table that said keep and throw away? And Henry is so proud, he thrusts his arms out. He's like, I'm throwing them away. They're gone. Why didn't you donate them? Somebody could have used those. Someone out there wants a hula grass skirt, a grass hula skirt. Or, you know, a yarmulke or a um, Scottish hat or um, a beret and whatever else other hats that he had. You know, all the other... That's what I originally thought he was doing. I didn't know he was going to chuck him in the trash. I don't know. I still think somebody could have gotten some use out of that stuff. So the girls head down to the basement where there is a giant blue metal dumpster that says, Waste Be Gone. I've only jumped inside a dumpster once. And that was back when I was doing Netflix back in 2008. You know, the, through the mail, they didn't have the streaming service set up yet. That that didn't exist in 08 yet. Or if it did, I hadn't done... No, it didn't exist. Anyway, <laughs> I thought I had thrown away one of the DVDs because it comes in the mail in, like, a little 
paper envelope thing, which can easily be thrown in the trash because you misplace it or something. And so I had to, like, climb into the trash and kind of dig around for it, looking for it. Now that I think about it, I can't even remember if it was even in there or if it ended up just being in the apartment when we lived in the apartment when we first uh, moved out here. So, gross. Don't, don't do it. Seriously. Unless it's a winning lottery ticket. Still, you shouldn't do it. I love how there are boxes propped up against it so Punky can just drive, dive right in. But there are, like, black garbage bags filled with probably poopy icky diapers, probably gross maxi pads, and who knows what else is in there. Yeah, uh, I'm going to play this clip because... Marlo's getting ready to head back up the stairs, and Punky turns to her as Margo puts her hand under the railing, and Punky doesn't even bat an eyelash. She's like, come on, climb in, climb in here. And no way! She's not going to do that. I bet anything, Punky's going to bribe her with either money or something else. Who did you hear, Chef Boyardee? <laughs> <laughs> 
what those are. Isn't that something to do with the camera? I'm gonna look. Yeah, I looked it up. It is something to do with a camera to help um, in times of, like, if you want to take a picture of something that's where it's not really light out, where it's kind of dark. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So when Margo holds up the flash cube, she's like, you tricked me, Brewster. I like that. This is the only time I think we've ever heard Margot refer to Punky by her last name? There might be another time, but I can't think of one. And, um, Margot recalls times from season three, I think it's just season three, where she, uh, you know, of all the times that she's kind of lured Margot into her schemes with, uh, the pig, and, uh, Margo also brings up the time that just happened this season when she was covered in a rash from the beauty products that she bought from Henry. Yeah. And the girls are just kind of standing there for a minute, and Margo's like, what is that noise? All of a sudden, of course, that garbage dumpster is right directly just under where the chute comes, where people are dumping their garbage. You know, it's in the hallway just a little ways from where the uh, Henry and Punky's apartment is. I love the jab that Punky is like, come on, Margo, if I don't get Cherry's diary, she's gonna kill me. And let's face it, you can't afford any other, any new friends or any friends. And of course, Margo's like, eh, yeah, you do have a point there. So the girls get buried in large black garbage bags, and when they get out from under them, Margot's hair is covered in spaghetti, and Punky's got some schmutz on her face that I thought it was orange, like, oh, it's spaghetti sauce. I mean, it's supposed to be, but then it looks like blood red. I'm like... Did somebody kill a mouse or something and its corpse is in there? And the, she has blood smears from a uh, mouse carcass on her face? I, I doubt it, but... And also, it looks like Margot's also got uh, dangling from her hair and face. Uh, it looks like cassette tape stuff. Like, it's really thin. Like, it's like um, the tape out of a cassette tape. When someone, like, yanks on it and everything. Or maybe, like, a recording, um, spool. Or, uh, spool. A recording, like, um, 
you know, like uh, the the music executive, you know, people, and they have these large wheels that have tape on it for like recording music and stuff back in the day, and it's you would like yank it out, and it's just yeah. Punky's fingertips also are blackened, like it's like she stuck her fingertips on an ink pad. <laughs> so Punky starts going through Mr. Griswold's. Mail, like, oh, he's got a lot of mail that he's throwing away. It doesn't even look like it's been opened. Are they bills? And then Margot pulls a bra out, which is like, she makes a comment like, well, he must not be too lonely. I mean, look at this. He must be getting some action as she holds the bra up for emphasis. I thought that she was going to pull out, like, an inflatable doll or something. Wait a minute. Those, all that stuff was in boxes. So, I take it they didn't shove the boxes down the chute because they probably would be too big to fit. So, they probably just, like, emptied the boxes down the chute. So, that's why they got to really grab at it. So, but it was later, it was earlier in the day, so how much trash could really, I mean, there's bags and bags of it. We know it didn't come in bags, so they don't need to be searching in the garbage bags. They found it! Sweet! That's great! It's got a colorful cover, so there's no way they can miss it. Jimmy that Punky is a snob and she's dumb and this and that and of course Punky is absolutely floored. She is very angry. Like I thought she was supposed to be my friend. She also said that I'm the worst dresser in Chicago. No she's not. What is that big old black splotch on her shirt? Her hair looks really ratty too as she comes up there like Wee! what? As she comes, she's like, I'm going to confront Cherry. And she goes up there. It's like, I'm going to, I like Margot's comment about how, wow, you know, for what she says about you in her diary, that doesn't leave much for uh, your enemies. So I'm going to play this clip when she confronts Cherry. Jimmy asked 
Punky, I had to tell him that she's two-faced and snobby. Punky, or would a best friend write this? She's also boring, dumb, and the worst pastor in Chicago. Punky, or would a best friend write this? And worst of all, you're incredibly nosy, and that's how I know you're reading this right now. <laughs> huh? Keep reading. And since I knew you wouldn't leave it alone, I made this fake diary to teach you a lesson. Boy, is my face red. Yeah, what is it? Spaghetti sauce? Do you want to read the real diary? No, I shouldn't really. Okay, suit yourself. But if you insist. <coughs> and when Jimmy asked me about Punky, I told him that, one, she's much too good for you, and two, she's the best possible friend anyone could have. Three, she's loyal, and four, she's trustworthy, and... Gee, Cherry, this is so good, it's embarrassing. I'm a 10! Actually, you're 23. You continued on your next page. I'm sorry, Cherry. I feel terrible. And I've learned my lesson. I'll never let my curiosity turn me into a monster again. Good. Pumpkinstein. There's one thing I don't understand. If it was so good all along, why didn't you want me to read it? Well, you know, writing all that gushy stuff, it was embarrassing. You're the best. Punky? What? You're getting spaghetti sauce in my ear. Hello, girls. Punky, what's happened to you? You look like you've been in the dumpster. It's a long story. So, Punky confronts her reading the diary, and then, of course, she gets to the part she didn't get to before, because she was so angry at what uh, Cherry was saying that she couldn't continue. And it says that, Punky, if you're reading this, I know that you couldn't keep your paws off this diary. This is actually a fake diary. And then Cherry's kind of listening, you know, basically what... She said to Jimmy, one of the things is Punky is too good for him. So is Jimmy, is this a different Jimmy? And he's kind of a chauvinistic jerk or something? But then she lists all of Punky's good qualities, which is great. And they hug. And, of course, I mean, if I were Cherry, I mean, you think that Punky's been in that dumpster. That dumpster's got to be gross. Not to mention she's probably got to shower and you know, decompress or just, just scrub your skin raw until it shines, basically. And Henry comes into the living room and he's like, Punky, you look like you've been in the dumpster. And Punky's like, oh, it's a long story that I already rehashed once. I don't want to do it again. There's a knock at the door. It's Betty. She's covered in... Tr in you know, banana peels and trash and what have you. And she pulled that that lamp out that Henry just couldn't part with, but he eventually did. I bet, I bet Betty told him to dump that stuff because she wanted that lamp. Like, he's like, my lamp! And she's like, my lamp now? <laughs> he even confronts her! He's like, you took me into throwing it away! She's like, well, and you fell for it. Yeah. 
And she lets him in on a little secret. She's had her eye on that lamp for years. So, of course, she was going to do a little something-something to get him to th just part with his treasures. So, Henry goes chasing after her out the door. Oh, my God. I bet that lamp's going to get busted as they squabble over it, tug get into a tug-of-war, and it breaks. And they both can't have the lamp. What do you think? Of course, the girls get a kick out of this. Like, oh, and they're buds again. All right. That is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. Time for the Brandon episode. The Brandon Tailwake episode rating. I'm going to give this episode. I'm going to give this episode three out of five. Brandon Tailwags. I liked Brandon playing the little accordion, although you didn't really see him. You more or heard him. Um, I liked Punky getting Margot involved to help dig around in the dumpster. And then I looked, of course, at the end. I really liked at the end when Punky reads the diary and actually reads what... Uh, Cherry wrote about her, about the good things and everything like that. I did not like the whole thing with the multiple hats on Henry's head. I didn't really like Punky going to the extremes of trying to get the diary and everything. I thought that was like, oh, come on. And the fact that Cherry had her diary on, like, this plastic chain, like, oh, my goodness. But it's, it was, I mean, it was funny, though, but... As far as for Punky's principles, um, if somebody asks you not to read something because to them that is personal and private, respect their decision. If they don't want you to read it, that is their right. You do not have a right to go against their wishes. That's why we don't open other people's mail. And we don't, uh... Listen in on people's phone calls or read other people's texts and this and that. It's just, we, we don't do that. It's just, it's not cool. It's an invasion of privacy. I mean, if there's, if, I mean, if you're a parent and you think something is seriously wrong, don't just go in and start reading, you know, getting into your kid's Facebook or their phone and whatever. Just talk to them. They're probably not going to talk to you, but at least... Let them know that you're worried because if you go behind their back and snoop around, you're going to make that situation a thousand times worse. And like, you know, Punky and Sherry, it's like respect your friend's privacy, respect their wishes. If it's something they want you to know, they will let you know. I know Punky's curiosity got the better of, better of her. I mean, but that's that's Punky, you know. Although, if you think about it, throughout the series, I don't really... This is a side of Punky I'm not a fan of. I, I never really got the inkling that she was this curiosity snoopy snoop. I, I've, I've never gotten that. I mean, now that she's like a preteen now, these little things are starting to come out about her in her personality. But then again, maybe it's because she's a preteen and everything. I don't know. But before I talk about the episodes I'll be covering next week, I wanna. I got my journal from when I was 13 going up 14. I thought, you know what? I'd like to read a couple entries. 
You know, I mean, if you guys want to hear them, if, if you don't mind. All right, I'm going to read a few journal entries. And mind you, this was the summer I turned 14, but at the time of this one, I was still 13. So this is Friday, July 12th, 1996. Today I had the most fun in my whole life. I went to Michigan's Adventure. When we got there, we had lunch in the van. I went on the log ride three times, the corkscrew five times, the sea dragon five times, the tilt-a-whirl one time, the thunderbolt two times, the flying trapeze one time, Zach Zoomer one time, the scrambler one time, the wolverine wildcat three times, a boat that goes downhill and you get soaked. I went on that three to four times. After I went on the rides, me and my cousin Brian went to sit in the van. Then we all went home. When I got home, my dad was there. I noticed the dog missed me. That was my dog, Delilah. When I went in, oh, it just says I took a bath, went to, went in my room, went to bed. And I ended it with, I had a fun day and I will never forget it ever. Well, we went to Michigan's Adventure so many times. When I was a kid, at least every summer we went at least once. From the time I was like seven until the last time I um would have went as a kid would have been just after I graduated high school. So we went at least once a year. Let's see. Oh, here's a good one. Friday, July 19th, 1996. Today I went with my Aunt Debbie and her two girls, Laura and Kara. We went to Best Buy to get a joystick for their computer. Remember, this is 1996. And to my surprise, Debbie bought me a CD player for an early birthday gift. Earthy, early birthday present. Even though my birthday was still like a month and five days away. Later, she took me home. When my dad came home, we went to the cabin. We had a cabin in uh, Six Lakes that we had for about a year or so. A couple years. For dinner, we ate at McDonald's. We always did that. We'd stop in, like, I think it was, like, Lakeview, which was close to Six Lakes, and we'd always stop at that McDonald's. Let's see. All right, Tuesday, July 30th, 1996. Mind you, I was a teenager when I wrote this. Today, Grandma took me to see the movie Flipper. I liked it most of all because Elijah Wood was in it. Plus, he had his shirt off. <laughs> he looked so good, I couldn't take my eyes off him for a second. After the movie, we went to my sister Nicole's house to drop Joey's stroller off. Joey was two years old at the time. He's now 24 years old. Grandma dropped me off at home when my dad got home. I watched the show Wishbone on PBS. Loved that show. Alright, Tuesday, August 13th, 1996. My birthday would have been 11 days later. Today, Grandma picked me up at 10 a.m. and we went school shopping. After school shopping, we ate at McDonald's restaurant. Love McDonald's. Later, we went to Nikki's house, my sister, to pick out my new kitten. When Grandma... Dropped me off at my house. I played with my kitten for a while. When my dad got home, we went to the farm, which is grandparents' house, which was like a mile and a half up the road. Let's see. Oh, by the way, I named my new kitten Devin, which after Devin Sawa, if you all remember from the movie Little Giants, he was also in Wild America and Idle Hands, the Final Destination, the first movie. 
Um, sadly, this poor kitten would pass away on my birthday. Um, my dad accidentally stepped on him with his work boot. This kitten was, you know, small, probably about maybe seven, eight weeks old at the time. Oh my gosh, what a terrible birthday. Broke my heart. Because the cat was playing around my dad's, you know, uh, shoes on the steps, and my dad, my dad just was trying to tie his shoes, and the kitten got underneath, and yeah. All right, I'm going to read this last one, because this I wrote on the day my youngest nephew was born. Monday, October 7, 1996, so I would have been in school. Today I went to school, I was in eighth grade. During contact, which is um, the hour, like homeroom basically, I worked on my language arts assignment. In social studies, we copied down notes. In math, I did some division problems. In computers, which was double hour, so I did a couple. Uh, it was because um, unified arts was you took like elective classes like computer, phys ed, you know, tech ed, whatever. Um, I worked on my letter to Barbara. My friend Barbara, who I'm still friends with today, um, I made fr friends with her in sixth grade. She would have moved in seventh grade. She would have moved to Belding or Ionia. I think it was Ionia or Greenville, one of them. So, yeah. And I was working on my letter. Because back then, it was expensive. It was long distance to call her, even though she lived, like, maybe a half hour away. Let's see, at lunch I had a burrito with cheese on top and bread and corn. When I got in the cafeteria, oh, this guy I had a crush on was just leaving. In reading class, we worked on the book A Day No Pigs Would Die. I remember reading that in seventh grade. In science, I worked in stations with this one girl, and that was the time I had a crush on a guy. I'm not going to say his name, but... I had a crush on him in seventh grade. In science class, we had to, like, every once in a while, we would be assigned new seating partners. And I did sit with him, and turns out he was kind of a jerk. So, when I got home, I watched the Mighty Ducks movie. Then, Dad called me from the farm. After that, my Aunt Debbie came and took me to get my hair cut. Then we went home. I found out that my sister Nikki had a boy. His name is Brett. Michael Seneca. And when it got dark, I went to bed. That's pretty much how I always ended these entries was, I listened to music and then I went to bed. So hopefully I didn't bore you too much with those. And it's kind of fun to look back and just see how simple some of those entries was. It's like, I didn't play sports. I didn't join in any clubs or anything. I didn't have a lot of friends. You know, the one good friend I had lived 30 to 45 minutes away and everything. And, you know, I was young. I didn't have my driver's license yet. So it's like I talked on the phone. And if it was long distance, I couldn't call very often. So I had no choice but to just write letters. All right, let's talk about the four episodes that I will be covering next week. Tomorrow, season four, episode 13. Guys, this is a very serious episode. It's entitled The Reading Game, which aired on May 13th, 1988. Cherry's cousin Paula is a talented artist. When it is suggested that she enters a contest, she balks at filling out the entry form because she doesn't know how to read. This girl is about probably close to the same age as, as Cherry is, and she can't read. This is very sad. And it gets even worse when her little brothers, who's probably about maybe two or three, is visiting. And, of course, 
Henry's house is not baby-proof, so if a child wants to get underneath the kitchen sink and start messing around with the cleaning solution under there and drink it like he's down in a bottle of Coke, then that's his prerogative. You know, this episode also deals with illiteracy. The fact that the girl Paula says, well, they just kept passing me because I was getting older and stuff, so they didn't want to hold me back. I didn't think that if you got bigger that they were going to pass you. And the fact that she slipped through the cracks and not knowing how to read, that, oh, how did she, she sign her name and everything? I mean, it's not like she has to sign legal documents or anything, but still. And how would her, her parents be able to just be able to overlook like that, that since it's nothing? I mean, they had to have looked at her grades. Like, this is incomplete. These all say incomplete. What's going on? I'm talking to your teacher. Seriously. Oh, my goodness. Um, and as far as for her artist work, it's good. But to be honest, it, they're caricatures. They're the big heads, the little bodies. They're the things that you see, like, at a carnival and, or at wedding receptions. One of the last weddings I was at, um, they did something like that. They uh, paid, like, a hundred and plus dollars to have some guy come in and do that. I wanted to. That was supposed to actually be for the adults. The photo booth was supposed to be for the kids. Which, that annoyed me because I really wanted Jeremy and I to do that. And we didn't get to because we had to head back because the wedding was like three hours away. And we were leaving on a trip to uh, South Carolina the next morning. So. so that was Sunday's episode. Tuesday's episode, season four, episode 14, entitled Ouch, which aired on May 16th, 1988. Punky is afraid to undergo an appendectomy. Now, if I remember correctly, didn't Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell also have to... They do a lot of those, the episodes where the main surgery is usually an appendix, which I don't know, that it, it almost seems like it's a trope where a lot of shows do that. Uh, Silver Spoons, I think Edward, Rick's father, ends up having a burst appendix, and he has to go for surgery. So, Full House, Uncle Jesse has to undergo uh, an appendix operation while his wife Becky is giving birth to their twins. Jeremy always says when I watch that episode, Night Court did that better. When, when uh, Mac's wife went into labor with their baby and he had to have his appendix out. Like, yes, dear, you say that all the time. I get it. They did it better in your eyes. That's fine. Thursday's episode, No, No, We Won't Go, Season 4, Episode 15, which aired on May 17th, 1988. When Margot's father, he's played by a different actor, in the Season 1, he was played by the guy Ernie something who does the voice of, is it Pumbaa, I think? Yeah, he does the voice of Pumbaa from The Lion King. He, this guy is a tall, blonde-haired guy who looks more like her father than the other guy did. So he buys the apartment building. Why? Mrs. Johnson can't afford the rent increase that he has proposed because, you know, she's on a fixed income. She might be a um, registered nurse, but she's still got a child to raise and who... Eats everything in sight. You know, she's a growing girl. And 
it's probably astronomical what he's asking. And I can't see how Henry and Punky would be able to, whether if he were to take over as manager, would he let Henry go as uh, the maintenance person or the manager? When I, I'm gonna get, when I get to that episode, we're gonna talk more about that. Um, Punky, Cherry, and Margo protest the protest the rent. They protest the rent increase by going to his office and chaining themselves to his desk. That's extreme. I'm sure that he's going to be like, girls, this is way over your head. You don't understand business. This is how business works. So the uh, episode 16 of season four, which will be Next Saturday is Bad Dog, which aired on May 18th, 1988. Brandon's behavior receives complaints from other tenants. Well, like what, more than one? Is he... The thing here... Oh, uh, I see in this picture here on IMDb that Henry and Betty are back to the gardening, which they were kind of doing uh, more in season three. They were working outside. Um... This episode is another, a lot of serious episodes coming down the pike now. Uh, this episode deals with child abuse. And I can't remember whether, it's a mother and daughter, I think the parents are divorced, and whether the mother is just shouting at her kids, so whether it's emotional abuse or it's physical abuse, Brandon gets stressed out and he bites her, spoiler alert, he bites her, of course that causes the lady to report him to the animal control it's not good guys not good um silver spoons when i get into silver spoons we're gonna see a lot of um similar plots a lot of similar plots and i will go into that when i um do the intro for that which is probably going to be either in july or august just depending so, those are the episodes coming up for next week. Let's now give a wonderful warm welcome to some new and regular Punky Power podcast listeners. We have Reno, Nevada. They are hanging in. They love this podcast. Thank you, Reno. We have Starkville, Mississippi. Queenstown, Maryland, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Stockholm, Sweden, Miami, Florida, Clearwater, Minnesota, Jakarta, Indonesia, New York, New York, Easton, Maryland, Fredericton, Canada, Silver Spring, Maryland, Dallas, Texas, and Chantilly, Virginia. All right, everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I will be back tomorrow with... The reading game. Can you believe it? I just had to look at my calendar and I just got done talking about this. Um, I have my calendar right here next to the laptop. The laptop is actually next to the autographed Soleil picture of her from season one. Her and puppy Brandon. It's so adorable. I love it. So, alright guys. Um, Also... If you want to do your future predictions on the characters of Punky Brewster, I did just upload a little mini episode regarding that with the email address, which is punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to be doing the finale episode on June 26th. That's still about 
two weeks away, so you guys have plenty of time, you know, to write your predictions. If you want to write your own series finale story, you can do that. You can, you know, think what would Punky be like in the 90s. She would be a teenager. She'd be in high school. How do you think it would be, you know, with the, with the 90s, with the trends, with the music, with everything? I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys think, so... Yeah, and if you want, I can read it on the podcast. If you don't want me to, just let me know in the email, and I will keep it anonymous and just for myself. All right, guys. Like I said, have a great evening. It is starting to warm up a little bit. It's been kind of sad and gloomy out, but I have the blinds closed, so I don't have to look at the sad, sad gray clouds outside. We want sunshine. We want the sun and the warmth. Not too hot now. Not too hot. Oof. Man, let me tell you, coming back from Grand Rapids yesterday, ugh, I had my air conditioning on. Alright, bye-bye, guys and gals. Punky lovers. Alright, bye-bye.